0: Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ready Yet podcast, where I get to enjoy my time talking to other entrepreneurs about who they had to become to achieve what they've achieved and how they can share that story and those lessons with you. And I feel like I'm excited to introduce this person to you, but maybe this episode should also come with a warning because we got someone from New York and someone from Chicago, and it's kind of going to be a race to see who can talk faster and who can talk louder. We both have a little bit of excitability in our personality, but that being said, There's just so much I know you can teach people from your journey. So I'm very excited to introduce everyone to Jay Mamie and give you, I met you in Dallas. I was at a speaking gig in Dallas. You said, hey, Mm -hmm. I like hard and poof, that was like it. Um, We knew we were people, right? So why why don't you give everyone a little more formal introduction to who you are and what you do before we go into the deep dive?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on your show. I'm, I've been looking forward to this ever since we scheduled it because I know this is going to be a power-packed, energetic uh, you know, session here. So I'm looking forward to getting started. But as far as, as myself, uh, Aaron, I am uh, Jay Maney. I'm a uh, 10-time author, uh, keynote speaker. I'm a sales psychologist and a persuasion selling expert. have been doing that for a long time. I'm also a radio talk show host here in the Dallas Metroplex for uh, the Cumulus Media Station 570 KNIF. I'm also what I consider myself, and I consider myself this because there's no one else is doing it. The number one action tainer in the world. So I use entertainment to create people, inspire people to take action. And I think it'll be obvious when we go through the uh, our time today.
0: I see, and this is why I know you're my people because you have the same answer I do, just using different words. I get asked all the time, "Well, are you?" are you a motivational speaker? I said, well, here's the thing. I consider myself an educational speaker, but if I don't motivate you a little bit, the education doesn't matter because you're not going to do it.
1: That's right. That's right. So
0: I love it. I love it. So remind me when you got started on your entrepreneurial journey, because it was like day one. (laughs)
1: It, it really was. It, it seems that way. I mean, I, I've been now traveling this entrepreneurial experience for 30, for 35 years now. I, I started when I was 13 years old. Uh, I grew up in Spanish Harlem, uh, in New York, a place called it Barrio. And it certainly isn't the luxury capital of the world. It's not the luxury capital of New York. I'm a product of adoption. I actually have a twin brother. We, we, uh, we were adopted early on by our parents who came here from Puerto Rico with, with absolutely nothing. Wow. And the last thing they were thinking about doing was adopting, especially having uh, very difficult economic situations, living in Spanish Harlem. My mother, who couldn't have children, uh, she had had three miscarriages oh, by wow. the time that we came along. And so we decided the best thing was to have, uh, have adoption. And so they were looking to adopt one. They ended up getting a BOGO you know, buy one, get one free.
0: <laughs> Little did they know what they were in for, right? Little did they know.
1: But, you know, I, I think that really was what were the driving factor behind my initial launch into this entrepreneurial experience. Because by the time I was 13 years old, if I wanted to get the latest pair of sneakers, the Jordache jeans, the, the Puma, the Adidas, all the cool things the other kids had. I, I couldn't ask my father, who was already working three jobs. Right. mom was at home. She was a homemaker. And so I had to go figure out ways. Me and my brother had to figure out ways to make money. And that started that journey back when I was 13 years
0: old. And I think, you know, and that's a similarity we have now. I didn't go the entrepreneurial route, but I had the same thing where there were the clothes my mother would purchase for us, meaning the stuff to keep you warm so you could go to school and then the mm-hmm. stuff I wanted. And when I was, it was expected of us to earn our own way, not in a jerky way, but just in a new, this is what's expected. And I remember when I was, well, I started babysitting at 13, four times a week, but so other people could go to work. But I still remember my mom telling me once I was 16 or 15, because you get a worker's permit, right, mm-hmm. to go get a job. And I said, well, how do you do that? And she said, well, you see that street over there with all the stores on it? You <laughs> just keep going in and asking until someone right. a job. And that's hey. what we did.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's funny. What, what I did was we lived not too far from Central Park Mm-hmm. uh, in the North end by, uh, by where Spanish Harlem, uh, kind of begins. So I would go on Saturdays and Sundays, watch the guys that were drinking playing softball. I would watch them leave the beer bottles and the beer cans on the ground. And I would pick them up yep. on Saturdays and Sundays, trade them in for a nickel at the machine at the yep. supermarket. And that's how we were able to, to buy the sneakers and the jeans. And, you know, no one taught us that. But one of the things that that lesson taught me early on was that there's always opportunities to make money if you keep your eyes open to them. Yes. And we saw nickels on the ground while other people saw bottles and cans and junk. We saw nickels.
0: And the willingness to do the work. Right. I think that is something I see. Now, I'll, I, I think it happens for two reasons. And I, I'm curious what you've seen. One is a fear based self-worth issue. People don't. Take certain actions because they're scared. And that we can help people through, right? But right. the other side is the people who think, I, I, you know, you made up your word. My new word that I made up is um, Insta Tactics. That, you know, people who buy into Insta Tactics because they're looking for an easy button because they don't, not from, again, not from a condescending way, but they don't understand doing the work that needs to be done
1: absolutely and, and i think those folks who think that the results uh, are going to change in their lives um by not
0: doing anything
1: about it and it's a perfect conversation because we're heading into a brand new year right yes. um, and people will be expecting things to be different in 22 but they're not looking to change the habits of 21 right well, and
0: and I think people, you know, if we want to keep a positive spin on it, because I am and I know you are much more of a positive person than not, mm-hmm. they don't know they're allowed to. They don't know, one, that they're allowed to make the rules and two, that they're powerful, powerful enough to do it.
1: Right. And that, that, that goes back to a mindset where um, what I call delusional, you know, we, they live in a delusional state that somehow things are going to change. They don't have the power to change. They become this, they have this victim mentality and that is self-defeating. And a lot of people get caught in that rabbit hole and they stay there for longer than they need to.
0: So what do you, how do you, I'm curious how you help people out of it, because I try to do that from a place of love, a place from empowerment because of my background. I know I can get a little, you know, edgy around people who are too victimy because they want something handed to them, as opposed to being completely empathetic to people who just a don't know how or b have a fear based response. What do you tell people in terms of how to get out of that?
1: Well, I, I think my approach comes from the reality of my upbringing. Right, I, I didn't have anything handed to me. Whatever I needed, I had to go out and get it um, because I just couldn't. Uh, it just was not going to give it to me. So I, I take a very hard nosed approach with people in a very respectful, loving, fun way. Right. But I, I don't allow them to make excuses for themselves. And uh, I oftentimes tell people I'm going to be the excuse, elimin- excuse eliminator that maybe you've never had in your life. So you can take all the excuses and just check them in at the door And delete that blueprint because that's not happening here. And then once we kind of have some fun with that, I I I have them do what most people don't do because I either don't care to do this, don't know how to do this, or scared to. And that's take personal inventory. Yeah. And and how do you take personal inventory? I do it very simple. I'm a very simple man. I do it very simply. I ask them, let's identify, let's take inventory of what's working. Because there are some things that are working. Absolutely. Now let's take a look at what's not working. What needs to change? What will happen if you don't change? And that's the tough one. Right. And then my last one, I, I call this the five what's training. What's working? What's not? What needs to change? What will happen if you don't change? If you don't lose weight? If you don't get your finances in order? If you don't improve your skills? What's, what's, what's going to happen? They need to hear what's going to happen. Yes. And then the last part of it is, okay. So now what are you going to do about it?
0: What are you going to do about it? And one of the things I love about the way you're saying this, because I have the same approach. <clears throat> and what I love that you're doing is that this is being said with a non-judgy neutral energy. This is not about making people wrong. This is not about, you know, bashing people in a submission. This is about a neutral look at facts so that you can move forward. Right. Right. And I think that if more people were able to get to the neutrality point of that personal inventory, moving forward isn't as scary.
1: Absolutely. And and you hit the nail on the head. It won't be as fearful. And that's sort of what you had alluded to earlier. The fear that a lot of people do carry, um, it'll be minimized. It'll be reduced. I don't yeah. think it'll be eradicated um, because, uh, you know, you, you, you expect too much from someone who might be living in fear for a while to have it completely eradicated. But reduced is far better than carrying it along.
0: And a um, coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. A new way to utilize it. I know that for me, and we were chatting a little bit um, before we hit record, which you'd think I'd learn to not do that anymore, because I've had some of the coolest conversations before and after the recording. Right. Right. But, you know, I've recently had some big successes. I've got crazy big plans for next year. And it's like, okay, how did. And it's really. Learning to interpret, and maybe I'm just nuts because I I am a bit of an adrenaline junkie, but learning to interpret the fear as an indicator I'm doing the right thing instead of a reason to run screaming from the efforts. Right. Right.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right.
0: I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I know I really enjoy having conversations about who you need to be in order to reach new heights. As founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, I work with my clients at the intersection where what they need to do to succeed meets who they need to be to do it. If you would like to have a conversation about your business, please reach out to me at Aaron at ConquerYourBusiness.com.
1: It's easy to, when you're very ambitious like you are. Um, it's easy to, in a way, not give yourself the credit that you're due, Mm. right? Because you always feel like I could, I could do that better. And I'm not where I want to be yet. Yeah, but look how far you've come. Pat yourself on the back for that. And then let's keep moving forward. We all have a tendency to do that.
0: Yeah. So tell me, um, let's go the hard way instead of the you know, I know that there's a million things that you're most proud of, but I think that there is something of being of service. There, There's this dichotomy in what we see out there between the gurus, the influencers, look how big and fancy I am. It's very hard to use them as a roadmap because they're just too far removed. And then at the other end, there's the woe is me people by my widget because I'm so sad. And that's, not the route that I want to take, but I I think there is a benefit to people, those of us who are a few steps ahead, several steps ahead, sharing what didn't work. Sharing what didn't work, because in our marketing, we know we have to present ourselves as a person who can deliver on our promise because that's what marketing is. But the truth of the matter is, I would imagine, because I have a list of them myself, there's some things you've tried that just haven't worked.
1: Uh, many of, we don't have enough time for this. There's there's just not enough time. (laughs) So, you know, but it's, it goes back to the point that we were just talking about. You're right. You've tried a number of things. I'm sure that your listeners who, who, um, like this type of of podcast or those that are fairly ambitious and they've tried a number of things. I've tried a number of things and there's probably more things that we've tried that didn't work than the things that we've done that work, right? So it's easy to get caught into the thinking about all the things that didn't work and woe is me and I suck, right? And give, um, and give up,
0: it's never gonna work, it, yeah. Right,
1: and give up, right? And then give all your energy to that, yeah. right? Uh, and take your eye off the stuff that's really working, the stuff that can really bring value to the world. Um, I've, I've been down that road. I mean, there's, I'm thinking about even just this year in 2021, uh, I tried this, I did that. I went with this person, with that person. It didn't work, you know? But I, I, think, I think at the end of the day, one thing that I do, I do take away from that is, and I tell this to my son, I tell this to my kids, that it's okay to try and on the other side realize that didn't work as opposed to never trying at all and playing it safe.
0: And- Truthfully, if you don't go through try and doesn't work, you never really figure out what does work.
1: Right, right. I would rather live knowing that I tried and it didn't work than with regret that I didn't even bother at all, because regret is a bigger price to pay.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are you most proud of at this point?
1: You know, I got to tell you something. There's a number of things I'm proud of. I, I think one of the things that I would be personally proud of is if I look, if I took myself out of myself and looked at this guy, Jay Maney, and say, okay, what has that guy done there that I think is pretty cool. I think is the times that I have gone against the grain Mm -hmm. when people have said to me, that won't work. That's not a good idea. You probably shouldn't do that. And all these things that I could have been persuaded by them, but inside my gut, I just knew I got I got to at least try. I got to do it. I got to try. I got to go for it because I want to live the life that I want to live, not live the life that other people um, discourage me to live because of their own personal ideology or personal opinions or their own fears. I'm most proud of the guy that didn't listen to those people mm-hmm. because I wouldn't be in Dallas where I live now. Um, had I decided to stay in New York where everyone said to me, you're crazy to go to a place you don't know anyone. You're, it's a whole other mindset. Right. You're nuts. Your core, your center, your influence is in the Northeast. Why are you going there? But if had I, had I listened to them, I know that I would have been unhappy, especially what's going on in New York right now, but I never would have met even you. Right. Right. So I, that's one of the the most proudest things I can think of that I have of, of myself that I, I go against the grain oftentimes to my benefit.
0: And and going back to, you know, knowing your people when you meet them. I've had that conversation with people and I don't know in me where this came from. I really don't because I was brought up blue collar family. Um, you get a job. And you never leave that job unless you have another job, let alone leave what I did, a six-figure amazing job to go try my own, you know, whatever at the time. That's not a conversation you want to have with your mother, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the big fancy job. Right? I know I've been able to take you around the world, but we're quitting the big fancy job. Yeah. Um, that I don't ask for permission. And I don't know where that came from. I don't. I love feedback. I want expert opinion. I want more knowledge. But what you're talking about is one of the things that I have found helpful. There's a trust in yourself. There is a trust in myself. Right.
1: Right. That,
0: and again, I don't, you know, you were able to tie this back to your childhood. I, if I thought about it more, I could probably do a better job pinpointing it. But the trust in myself that while I do want input, because there's people who know things that I don't know, Mm -hmm. and I will not spend one of my theories in business, don't spend a long time to do a bad job. It's something someone else can do a short time doing a good job at doing. Hire them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how one of the way you move forward. But aside from that, I don't know where the trust in myself really came from that I'm willing to do things and make decisions without input. And then because you meet those people who have to ask a hundred different people, their opinion before they make a move, Mm -hmm. even, you know, even a small move.
1: Right. Right.
0: And then there's those of us who move halfway across the country and quit six figure jobs to try something without ever even talking to anybody.
1: Right. That's exactly right. And, you know, it takes so much courage and and belief in yourself, and trust to do that. And there lies the problem. Many do not have that level of of belief, confidence, trust, to even go as as doing something like you did, and like I did. Um, But you know, with great risk comes great reward.
0: Well, and and going back to, you know, to me, I think now that I'm saying it, it's kind of tied to the fact that most things don't work. Because I know that I know that, but I also know ultimately that I'll be fine. I don't mm-hmm. have the binary thinking of I'm either going to be a great success or a homeless. I, it, it'll right. never happen. I will get a right. job somewhere along the way before the right. happens. And I think people get in their own way thinking that if, it's, if I'm not a magnificent, magnificent success, that the only other option is destitute, living under the bridge by the river type of problem.
1: Right. That, I, I agree.
0: That confidence that you know you could take care of yourself. Yeah,
1: I, I agree, and that's that's a special gift. Some people have it, and many people don't. Just the way it is.
0: So, if someone wants to continue this conversation with you, and I highly, highly, highly recommend they reach out and continue conversations with you. What is the best way for them to get a hold of you?
1: You know, it's funny. I'm trying to mention that because yesterday I was on The Morning After on CW33 channel here in Dallas with Ron Corning. And one of the things he said as he closed out the segment was, if you don't find Jay Mamie, it's because you're not looking hard enough. Right. I,
0: I, say this, you know, I say this to all my guests. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Nobody I'm talking to is hiding, right?
1: I mean, <laughs> all right. So they say, uh, so he, he put up my website. He says, all you got to do is Google this guy's name. Right. And you'll find it. So but someone can d- go directly to my website, vjmany.com. So dot com. Yes. There I have other links to my radio talk show, to my books, to my other uh, content, to my Thrive Sales Mastery course, which is coming up now. I'm nice. excited about that. So there is that that's the hub. And from there, they can find all my other
0: stuff. You are not hiding.
1: no. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you. so no secret
1: agent here. I'm not a secret. <laughs> not a
0: secret. No, we're not. We're not <laughs> secret agents. We're trying to get. In fact, we're trying very hard not to be hiding.
1: <laughs> right.
0: But seriously, thank you so much for sharing your story and spending some time with me. And I know people are going to get uh, motivated into taking some action out of our conversation.
1: Well, I appreciate you having me on the show.
0: Thank you so much for joining me on the Ready Yet podcast. I get so motivated by the amazing accomplishments of the remarkable people I meet, and I'm excited to be able to share some of their stories with you. You can find more episodes of Ready Yet at your favorite source for podcasts or at conqueryourbusiness.com. And if you've already decided that you are ready to become the person you need to be to achieve your big goals, feel free to reach out to find out how I can support you in your efforts. check out the Work With Erin page on the Conquer Your Business website. I also invite you to share this podcast with anyone you know who loves to learn and be inspired and if you're so inclined I'd be absolutely grateful for any reviews you'd like to share as well. Thanks again for joining me this has been Erin Marcus hopefully inspiring and helping you to go conquer your big dreams.